Father, we thank you this morning that we can come into this place together, that we can celebrate your son, we can celebrate the fact that you love us so much, that you sent him to come and to die for us. I pray, Father, today that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you, O Lord. We ask that you would just come, Holy Spirit, this morning. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Good morning. So glad to be with you on this Palm Sunday. And, you know, you wonder how you know which kid is the pastor's kid. It's the one who's leading the dance party turned mosh pit in the front of the sanctuary. We decided it's kind of his last, you know, his last Easter here, so let him, let him go out in a blaze of glory, and hopefully no one got hurt. I don't know about you, but some seasons of our lives are especially filled with pressure. It feels like the difficult things just keep piling on. It could be grief, it could be illness, it could be your kids on ending illness, it could be work stress, it could be major transitions, or just a million little things that snowball into one big crushing burden. This week has been one of those weeks sick kids, lack of sleep, continuing house hunting, and all of it felt like a lot while I was trying to write this sermon. In this season of transition, there is pressure and there is squeezing that is uncomfortable. But what's more uncomfortable than the actual squeezing is what I've been seeing come out of my heart in the midst of it. The doubt, the impatience, the frustration, the anger, the out-of-control feelings that I feel as I try to grab control and figure out how to make it better. I look to others to come up with solutions, and I try to find answers that I feel like will solve the problem. And my sinful inclination is to try to problem-solve my way out of my stress, instead of looking to a faithful Yahweh for provision. We all have these seasons of stress and pressure, and I think it's really clearly exemplified in the Disney movie Encanto which is about a special family where each member of the family is given magical powers to try to help their family and the, the people around them. And one family member, Louisa, has been given immense strength. She can lift boulders, she can lift multiple donkeys, move pianos. Whatever you ask her to do, she can lift it, she can move it, she can stand up under the pressure. Partway through the movie, as the, the magic begins to flicker, Louisa sings a ballad that just, I couldn't stop thinking about it this week as I was writing this sermon, so here we are, we're talking about it. And I think that we can relate to it. Here are some of the words. Under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus. A flaw or a crack, the straw in the stack that breaks the camel's back. What breaks the camel's back? It's the pressure. Like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop. Whoa. Pressure that'll tip, tip, tip till you just go pop. Whoa. Give it to your sister. Your sister's older. Give her all the heavy things that we can't shoulder. Who am I if I can't run with the ball, if I fall to pressure like a grip, 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 and it won't let go? Whoa. Pressure like a tick, 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 it's ready to blow. Whoa. Give it to your sister, your sister's stronger. See if she can hang on a little longer. Who am I if I can't carry it all, if I falter? When we feel like the pressure is building, when we feel like we just can't take it anymore, where do we turn? Do we look outside of ourselves for help, hoping family members, friends, pastors, maybe a counselor could solve all of our problems? Do we turn inward, feeling like I can only trust myself, and if I could just pull myself up by my bootstraps, 
and work a little harder and be a little more emotionally resilient, maybe then it would be better. Or do you just numb out? Do you watch TV, play video games, drink wine, eat ice cream, or my favorite, nap, and just hope that when you wake up, everything will feel better? What do we do when that pressure won't stop? What or who can we trust with absolute certainty? And who not only describes himself as faithful and true, but proves time and time again that he actually is always. Let's turn to Psalm 146 together. Praise Yahweh. Let all that I am praise Yahweh. I will praise Yahweh as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in Yahweh their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. Yahweh frees the prisoners. Yahweh opens the eyes of the blind. Yahweh lifts up those who are weighed down. Yahweh loves the godly. Yahweh protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. Yahweh will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Praise Yahweh. Talk about a pivot, right? Pivot is a word that kind of became a dirty word in 2020. Like, if I hear the word pivot one more time, I'm gonna, like, oh, we're going to pivot to this. <laughs> like, I don't want to pivot. I just want my life to be normal again. But this pivot, this psalm that intros the final section or the doxology of the psalms, a book of worship to the Hebrews, moves us from feeling crushed beneath the weight of life's pressure to a celebratory anthem about Yahweh, and it all centers around his faithfulness. During the Lenten season, we've been looking at how God describes himself in Exodus 34. Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. That word rendered faithfulness in English is the Hebrew word hemet. I'm not saying it with enough gutturalness, but you get the idea. Which means truth, faithfulness, verity. And it's the same Hebrew word that's used in Psalm 146.6 and is translated in the New Living Translation as keeps every promise forever. The message translates it as he always does what he says. Some of the best parenting advice I've received is to always follow through on what you tell your kids you will do. So if you say you're going to pick them up, pick them up. If you say that, you know, from school or whatever, if you say don't do that or there's going to be punishment, then you have to have consequences, right? Like be true to your word. Do what you say and when you say it, do it. And let's be honest, that's good advice. It makes us trustworthy as parents. It lets our kids feel secure and loved even when we have to correct them because they know what the correction is about and where it's coming from. So it's no surprise that our Heavenly Father Yahweh always does what he says he will do. He is the best father. And he identifies himself <clears throat> as faithful and true. Hamet is a word that conveys certainty <clears throat> sorry, and dependability. <clears throat> Those late nights get me right there. And that's exactly who we want our God to be, right? 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to worship a God who is uncertain or unstable or I have to worry about his whims. There are enough unknowns in life I have to deal with. I don't want to worship another unknown, right, that I can't know that he's going to say who he says he is. I don't know about you, but when I read Psalm 146, my head wants to respond with a yes and amen, right? That is who God is. That is who he says he is. That is what he shows us again and again. I'm completely on board with Yahweh being a God who is more trustworthy than the most powerful of men, who delivers the oppressed and shows mercy and protects the vulnerable, who keeps his promises forever and always does what he says he will do. I even believe with absolute certainty that he is who he says he is. But my heart and my experience keep that yes and amen from being completely wholehearted. Right? What happens when my experience doesn't seem to jive to match up with this description of who God is? Frankly, what about when there are cancer diagnoses, school shootings, earthquakes, mental health issues, infertility, the list of brokenness in our world goes on and on. And our question is, where is Yahweh's faithfulness then? Where is the deliverance? On this Palm Sunday, where are the fulfilled promises? Where is his faithfulness? The truth about Palm Sunday is that it actually signals its arrival. Or should I say, it signals Yahweh's arrival to the masses. Because Jesus is the embodiment of Yahweh's faithfulness. He does everything Psalm 146 says that Yahweh will do. And if there were people who needed the faithfulness, who longed for God to fulfill his promises, it was first century Jews. Talk about living under crushing pressure. The people of Yahweh haven't heard anything from him for 400 years. Four centuries of silence. We get nervous when we don't hear from someone for 24 hours. Are they mad at me? Did their phone die? Why haven't they responded? Right? We go into a tailspin. I can't imagine not hearing from the God that you love and worship for 400 years. They live under Roman occupation where they are taxed so excessively they can barely survive. And everywhere they go, they're under surveillance by the Romans. They have no rights for most of them because they're not Roman citizens. And they have to depend on their Jewish leaders to advocate for them politically. And that doesn't even take into account the hundreds of religious laws that the Pharisees had added to the 613 Old Testament laws that already existed. As I was writing this, I was like, my life isn't that bad. <laughs> this is really awful. <laughs> There's so much pressure, and from every area of their lives. So even though they've known Psalm 146 from heart, probably because it was one of their worship songs, one that they had sang before and probably known, how did these words about Yahweh, a silent Yahweh, stand up against their experience? In spite of how Yahweh describes himself in the psalm, first century Jews were still looking for a military hero, a Messiah who would come and kick in the door on the Romans and establish a new kingdom where they would no longer be oppressed but instead would be the ruling class. Their day would finally come. That's how so many of them missed Jesus and even turned on him during Holy Week. Yahweh's faithfulness didn't look how they expected it to look. Yahweh doesn't promise to be faithful to fulfill our wants. 
he vows to be faithful to his promises. What or who are you looking to this Palm Sunday to help you cope with the crushing burden of strained or broken family relationships? Maybe a failing body, fear for you or your child's safety, a difficult marriage, unending work pressure and deadlines, or an overwhelming desire to engage in addictive behavior like eating too much, drinking, drugs, pornography. As you're feeling squeezed, are you dealing with it by trying to control your circumstances or the people around you, leaving no room for errors or mistakes? Are you numbing out and avoiding taking action so that you can't be held responsible for what happens anymore? Or are you looking to the future and making plans for what is so you don't have to think anymore about it's making plans for the future and not thinking about what is right now? Because maybe if you can just dream enough about the future, you won't have to deal with the reality of your life around you right now. Um, <clears throat> on Palm Sunday, Yahweh puts his faithfulness on display. And he comes as a humble king, riding a donkey. And the events of Holy Week reveal humanity's fickleness and our deep desire to be on the winning side. We want to serve a king who wins with power and confidence, who takes control and gets rid of our enemies in the way that we think is best, and who does it right away, instantly. This Sunday, where is this faithful Yahweh? The one who keeps every promise forever. He's entering Jerusalem, of which Psalm 146 says, 10, verse 10, says, Yahweh will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout generations. We find ourselves on this Palm Sunday celebrating a Yahweh who humbled himself to come as a human to save his people, not with military might, but with a humiliating death and a quiet resurrection. A resurrection so quiet that most didn't even know it had happened. This Jesus is Yahweh. And he made heaven and earth as we see in verse 6 of Psalm 146. And again in John 1, 1 through 5, where it says, In the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. Not only did Jesus create the earth, but he showed his power over it when he turned water into wine, changing molecules. He walked on water, defying physics. He calmed the storm. He filled nets with fish, showing his control over animals and his ability to herd them in ways that we can't even fathom. He fed the masses with bread and fish, but also offered himself as the bread of life and the living water that would quench every thirst. He was Yahweh, and he came to free the oppressed by healing the sick and casting out demons. He set people free from a prison of legalism and religion. He literally gave sight to the blind, physically and spiritually. Jesus is the embodiment of Yahweh's faithfulness. He does everything Psalm 146 says that Yahweh will do, 
And this fulfillment of Yahweh's promise gives us the confidence that Yahweh is absolutely faithful and true, completely trustworthy, unlike anything or anyone that we know. He's absolutely and always exactly who he says he is. We can't even do that. And trying to be the most, you know, cohesive version of ourselves, we can't always be exactly who we are, and yet Yahweh can. And friends, this is such good news for us. Even when we are waiting for promises to be fulfilled, even when we're in our own seasons of silence, even when it feels like all hope is lost, he is faithful, and we can trust him with our lives and the lives of our loved ones. And the even better news is that there is no correlation between Yahweh's faithfulness and our level of faith. He is faithful even when we are faithless. Let me say that again. He is faithful even when we are faithless. And this is good news because it means it's not dependent on us. We don't have to manufacture more faith or try harder to just, like, believe in his faithfulness. He is faithful even when we are not. His faithfulness is true even when we doubt it. And man, do we doubt it. In seasons of silence and seasons of struggle and seasons of waiting on the Lord and asking and seeking and knocking and pursuing him, and we, we just feel like it's a no or worse yet, a nothing, right? There's something worse than a no. It's when someone just doesn't respond at all. We now call that ghosting, right? So when it feels like Yahweh has ghosted us, but the truth is that he is faithful, always and forever. He's faithful when we're faithless. He's faithful and true, period. In Louisa's song that we talked about at the beginning, there was this interlude that said, but wait, if I could shake the crushing weight of expectation, would that free up some room for joy? And the answer to her question is yes. On Palm Sunday, as Jesus made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem as Yahweh, its rightful ruler, as we see in Psalm 146, I have to believe that the crowds got a tiny glimpse of the joy that will be ours forever when we live and reign with Jesus forever, for all eternity. The joy that comes from total and complete trust in a faithful Yahweh, the one who keeps his promises forever. Psalm 146.5 says, But joyful are those who have Yahweh as their helper, whose hope is in Yahweh their God. This joy wasn't intended to be a temporary state, to be found in this chaotic praise of a crowd of temporary believers, because let's be honest, by the end of the week they've turned against him. This joy is a deep, abiding state that is offered to everyone who says yes to Yahweh today and every day. There's still the question of how those of us who have already said yes to Jesus should respond to a faithful Yahweh, especially in seasons of hardness, of silence, of challenge. How do we respond to Jesus? We find that answer in Psalm 146, verses 1 through 2, and then verse 10 as well. It says this, Praise Yahweh. Let all that I am praise Yahweh. I will praise Yahweh as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Yahweh will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Praise Yahweh. And I have to be honest, one of the things that caught my attention in that is that it says, I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. 
And again, I think it caught my attention because we know that death is not what God intended for us. It's a consequence of sin, and it feels like something that we shouldn't have to endure, right? Death, death is, is evil. Satan delights in coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And so to me, as I was saying that, I was reading through that and thinking, it means that even in death, God's promises still stand forever. His promises for an eternity with him, his promises for healing. Sometimes that healing happens this side of heaven. Sometimes it happens on the other side of heaven. But ultimately, his promises stand forever, regardless of what's happening in our bodies, regardless of what's happening around us. So how do we respond? We respond to his faithfulness with praise. And that's a tall order when you're grieving. That's a tall order when you feel like you can't get out of bed in the morning. That's a tall order when it feels like the bills won't stop coming, when your spouse, it's just so conflicted and you just cannot get on the same page. It's a tall order when your children won't speak to you. That's a tall order when the loved one receives a diagnosis. And yet, we see that there's something about praise. And the Psalms show us that again and again and again. You'll see Psalm writers writing about the depths of their despair and ending with praise for Yahweh. Because no matter what is happening around us, he is still faithful and true. No matter what our eyes tell us, he is still faithful and true. No matter the lies the enemy whispers to us about him, he is still faithful and true. We respond to his faithfulness with praise. And, and you may be thinking, like, how do I do that? It's simple, but it also takes intentionality. We praise him through song. When we come on Sunday mornings and we sing together and we lift up the name of Jesus and exalt him, we're praising him together. You can do it through prayer. You can do it through sharing gratitude about things that you're grateful for God directly with others and to God himself, to Yahweh. You can do it through journaling, writing out prayers of gratitude and praise for who he is, if that's more your thing. Ultimately, we praise him by taking every opportunity to declare out loud the truth of his character, no matter how we're feeling, and that he is faithful and true. We respond with praise when we feel deep gratitude for his provision and protection. We respond with praise when we doubt his good intentions and his faithfulness toward us. We respond with praise when we honestly feel nothing at all. And what's so crazy about us as humans is that we could ride that roller coaster all in one day, right? We can start the morning doubting him, and is he good? And then we receive provision, and he's amazing. And then we reach the end of the day, and we're so tired, I can't even put two thoughts together. So I guess, thank you, right? And the gift of God is that he loves us in our frailty, and that he is still faithful, even when we are faithless. We respond with praise what I'm going to end on. We respond with praise because he is faithful and he is true and he keeps his promises forever. Let's pray. Yahweh, we thank you that in a world of uh, convenience and plastic and throwaway culture and items that you are forever. That you are faithful that you are true, that you love us no matter how we act or what we're going through, 
I thank you, God, that you are not dependent on us, but that we are dependent on you. In your name, amen.